Before we get started rambling about Nebraska football, we have a rather special announcement to make. We are now being sponsored by Hobby's Tacos. Yeah. Based, based in Omaha. Uh, Mike, I'll let you kind of elaborate because this is kind of your uh, your wheelhouse, this Hobby's Tacos. So, <laughs> yeah. If you've never been to Hobby's, go, go give it a try. Uh, they have a location on 180th and Q, right next to the High V here in Omaha. They have a new location coming up in the old Newman's Pasta Cafe on 171st Street. That will be opening up. Over in Lakeside, right next to the Dairy Queen. Yes, exactly. So get your tacos mm -hmm. as it warms up, and then get your blizzard. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yep, my favorite thing on the menu is that uh, breakfast burrito. It's excellent, and those burritos are like the size of your forearm. So shout out to Javi's, and uh, with further ado, let's, let's get this thing going. Yeah. Um, let's do a little rundown of what we'll talk about. So I think the first thing on our list is we're going to talk about um, the recent announcement by Nebraska President Ted, Car Ted Carter that we will have probably full capacity at Memorial Stadium. Let's go. We, we shall see, right? Yep. We'll talk about a little bit about um, the Big Ten and Nebraska. We're going to explore their relationship. And... Maybe explore like the Big Twelve. You know, there was there was some rumblings about oh, is are there votes being taken by some of the Nebraska higher ups that we should leave the Big Ten? So we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. We'll explore that topic. We'll talk about the first recruit of the twenty two class, Ernest Hausman. We'll talk about him a little bit. And just give a really quick shout out to baseball and volleyball. So first topic, Memorial Stadium. A hundred, about a hundred thousand. Ninety thousand fans. Well, let's let's up the numbers a little bit. <laughs> Do some up. You know? So yeah, the announcement was that we're going to have full capacity for football. Do you think that this is going to happen? Is this a good idea? Let's go. <laughs> Is that a question? Is that a, is having full capacity at Memorial Stadium a good idea? Let's just dive right into like a game day, all right? It's third down and long. Nebraska's up by one point somehow. Stand up and shout! Yeah! You stand up and shout, and there is nothing harder on a quarterback and when you got 90,000 people revving up that stadium. 90,000 Mike Delawares. Oh, my gosh. Clapping. If, if only. Just... We hit the Richter scale. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, there's nothing like it. And this whole artificial sound that they were pumping into the stadium, it's just, it's just not the same. I mean, what do you think, Rob? I think that it's a, it's a big thing for game day. It's awesome to be able to be in a spot where – you know, the Texas Rangers say today full capacity for baseball, which is less than, you know, a month away. You've got the Dallas Cowboys saying the same thing. And just being able to get back to some form of normalcy, I think, is big. For our program, I think the biggest piece here is recruiting, right? On-campus visits, when there's a football game, transcends this sleepy town in the middle of the country in comparison to everywhere else that these young student-athletes go. And that is every program throughout the, the organization benefits from Saturday football. It's a huge deal. And so 
to me, I think for the entire organization, it's a big thing. And being able to connect with the players that we're after is as big of an off-the-field improvement or advantage than it is on the field, which is you know, straightforward. We all understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll admit that I didn't read the like, exact details of what um, Ted Carter said. Um, are they going to like, make people vaccinate before they go to games? How are they going to know who's vaccinated? If, if that's a policy, how are they going to know? Do you have to show like a medical card, like, hey, I, I got my my vaccination? Or I'm not, curious. Even, not even a vaccination. Maybe you have to show that you had a negative COVID test or something. I, I don't know. It'll be tough for them to really push, hey, you're only allowed in the stadium if you're vaccinated, when not everybody has the opportunity to get it vaccinated yet. And I don't know if people will be fully vaccinated and those opportunities will be available by September. Well, according to the president, everybody that wants a shot will have a shot by May. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, mark that down. <laughs> Let, let's, ju- let's just assume that doesn't happen. <laughs> let's just assume it doesn't. And let's also not overlook the Big Ten. It, what does the Big Ten think about us saying this? And maybe this can lead into our topic, but is the Big Ten going to allow Nebraska to be that school that announces 100% capacity? Are they going to allow Nebraska to be the the torchbearers of that? You know, so we'll see what they have to say. Yeah, I think, well, and the rumors are is that it's going to be like county-based where it's like, okay, we're not going to leave it up to the conference anymore. We're going to leave it to to the local governments to say, hey, our because of our population or our COVID numbers, we think it's okay to have this many fans. Well, hopefully, Lancaster County will allow for 90,000 in the stadium. I am, I hope for the best. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the COVID numbers, let's not get into COVID too much, but, you know, overall, over the past, we'll just say month, the, the numbers have looked encouraging in terms of the tests and all that. So mm-hmm. um, let's just kind of talk about the Big Ten. And Nebraska's a relationship. Oh. I, I kind of teased it a little bit. I kind of hinted that the Big Ten and Nebraska kind of have a relationship that's a little rocky, wouldn't you say? Oh, I think rocky is an understatement. <laughs> what do you think, Rob? So this is uh, this was a shotgun marriage. <laughs> both both sides of, of this deal jumped into it uh, out of a need of necessity. The Big Ten wanted a name brand to add. Nebraska still is that name brand, even with our lack of success in the conference. Nebraska was running away from Texas in the Big 12. Whoa, don't say that too loud. And, uh, you know, it it became a, a marriage of, you know, necessity more than anything else. And, you know, when, just like a marriage or a friendship, you're going to go through some rocky patches, and I don't think that anything could be worse than the last 12 months. And with that saying, you just got to hope that it gets better because my personal opinion, nothing's changing here for the foreseeable future. There's an academic side to this that is uh, incredibly big for the university as well as you know the, the $50 million a year paycheck that you get on August 1st. Yeah, that paycheck is 
is, is a pretty big factor. It's a big factor. Into oh. this whole thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, that nice TV deal with mm-hmm. uh, BTN and having all the televised games. I mean, that was the draw, too. I mean, they're, believe it or not, Husker fans, you don't have to watch games on pay-per-view like you did in the Big 12. Mm. I mean, you can go watch us lose in Northern Illinois on BTN. I mean, it, it, that's the thing. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's a draw. I mean, and those are some of the benefits between the two. But, I mean, this relationship... I don't know if it's ever going to be fixed. I mean, Kevin Warren is just an absolute clown. So it gets better if Nebraska wins. That too? Right. If, if you win yeah. at things, all of a sudden the relationship gets better because both sides of the relationship want things to be good, right? If you're a nobody and you lose to, you know, Northern Iowa and Troy and whoever, all of a sudden things – you know, it doesn't matter. Kevin Warren doesn't care about the opinion of Nebraska. Yeah. I think the bigger question here is it's next summer, I think, is when all of the other TV contracts for the most part come up. And do we have another summer of realignment? And who are the two additional teams that get added to the Big Ten? And do we get a little bit of that feel that we were trying to find from a Big 12 perspective? into the conference, right? Do you add in Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? Do you add Kansas, Kansas State? Do you add Iowa State to this this conference? I think that is the big question. And with Kansas and Kansas State and with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, you have legislature issues in those states that those schools have to be in the same conference. Right? That's not a you school. Can't the other, huh? You can't have yep. one without the other. Yep. And if you look at uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, for example, you get a football appeal, you get a little bit of a baseball appeal, but th- those two schools are not historically very good consistently at other sports. If you add Kansas and Kansas State, Kansas is an AAU uh school, right? So they fit from an academic profile with the Big Ten, and they also offer something that basically no one else in the Big 12 does, and that is basketball, and basketball pays the bills as much as football pays the bills. Especially at those schools. Yeah, I mean, those are pure basketball schools with lots of tradition and history, which we lack a little bit in that department. We we don't really have much of a basketball tradition. (laughs) I mean, you'd think that we didn't even have a freaking team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the Big Ten this past year has been the best basketball conference. I mean, shoot, you added Kansas in there. I oh, mean, my you're God. Looking at, you're looking at a juggernaut conference. You know, and that's assuming that other conferences, like, stay the same, too. I, I think that if you look in the, within the next 10 years, conferences are just going to be, like, I don't want to say non-existent. I just think it's going to be like a mishmash of like regional teams together. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. Like I just think conferences are going to be like a thing of the past in the next decade. Well, and if if you believe that Nick Saban understands college football better than anybody else, take a look at who Alabama, who Georgia for that matter, have scheduled from a non-conference perspective. They're adding big, big names, 
And Alabama's actually going to travel and play some non-neutral sites out of the South for the first time. And so they're, they're front-running what is going to happen, right? Becoming kind of this NFL model, to your point, mm-hmm. where it really doesn't matter if you lose a game or two because the expectation is you're going to have these big conferences, you're going to be playing more Power 5 games, you're going to lose something inside of the first 12, and most likely then the playoffs get expanded, right? Maybe. So Saban is probably giving us a guide of where he thinks this is going, and to me, you follow where the smart people go, and in this case, I think Alabama's kind of given that perspective. Yeah, Alabama's the... You know, we always thought, you would think that this is probably an Alabama Yeah, we're always harping on the, on the well, roll tides, but... Well, because, you know, our, our high points was current Alabama, so... It's only right that we look at them as a... Yeah, well, they're the best team in the country. I mean, they just won the national championship, they're the best team in the country. We talk about them. I mean, look where... Just take a look. Game one for Georgia and Clemson next year. It's Georgia and Clemson, right? These schools understand where this is going, and you see these matchups, and you see why. Because you know you're going to play more conference games as we get into this. You know, the SEC is still only playing eight conference games versus the nine. Yeah. Right for the SEC folks, like you know, you're gonna sprinkle in somebody nobody's ever heard of, um, Maine State, you know, whoever Tech. <laughs> in like week eleven, week twelve, right? So you get your buy, and then you also get one of those schools. We have consistently lost to those schools recently, yeah. but you build this in, and all of a sudden, right, you're starting to see where the blueprint of this is going. Well, and if if that blueprint does come true. I don't think there will be Power Five. There's going to be like three major conferences. I think. It, I mean, if you go a regional base, it's going to be. I mean, draw lines on the on the map and just. I mean, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the Power Three, and then yeah. everybody else. And if you're not part of the Power Three, good luck. I mean, I think that's kind of is now a Power Five. But if some of those schools start making those jumps to other conferences, it could really make things a lot more interesting. It. I mean, it is, and you know, we mentioned Iowa State, right? Like. Iowa State could be the big loser in this from the prototypical Big Eight that we remember. Like, who's jumping out of their seats to add Iowa State into their conference? Probably not the ACC. Probably not the Big Twelve, the Big Ten. Assuming that the Big Twelve would blow up, right? That's the assumption in that model. And you know, you you just look at some of these other schools and you say, does Oregon State stick in the Pac-12, right? What value does Oregon State bring to that conference, right? All of a sudden, things get a little tricky, and you got to figure out who's going to bring the most uh, eyeballs to TV sets because this is about money. Money. And those schools aren't really going to draw a whole lot of eyeballs. Yep. Yeah, and unfortunately, Iowa State just had the season of their lives. Nine wins. Matt Campbell's got it rolling. He's got it rolling. And here we are talking about you know, we're looking into the future, 10-ish years from now, are they going to be a desirable school for, like, a big conference? Because it comes down to money. It just does. Right. Well, and if, I mean, you if know? they keep winning games, I, I mean, it, it could happen. No, it, I mean, it definitely could. Take a, take a Creighton as the example. Without Doug McDermott, there's no Big East. Yeah. Right, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And you have to give all the credit where credit's due, where that university jumped on that bandwagon, 
Doug and that team had an amazing run, and it gets them in the Big East. But without them, it probably doesn't happen. No. Right? It probably doesn't happen. I mean, Altman leaves. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, if you don't get McDermott, I mean, who who would they have gotten? I mean, they would have have gotten a a very good coach, but they don't get a, a... a player that transcends a program. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah. He transcended yeah, the yeah, program. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't – at least we haven't seen it yet, but I don't think there's going to be a Doug McDermott walking through uh, Iowa State's door anytime soon. But maybe. I mean, we'll see. I mean, Who knows? It can happen. Matt Campbell's got it rolling. He's got it rolling. So, I mean, that's – Yeah, good job for that. No more Iowa State. Yeah, we're done on but, that. But, well, <laughs> but, I mean, Big 12, though, you know, there was all that talk this year – uh, you had fans like clamoring for the Big 12 again, and I just remember thinking, "Hey guys, how quickly you forget! You wanted to leave the Big 12 right. because of freaking Texas." Uh, people were looking at it through rose-colored glasses, and they were recency bias. For sure, it's like you guys, how quickly you forget how badly you wanted. More out of the Big 12 than you currently want out of the Big 10, honestly. Because you had the freaking championship game putting one second back on the clock. Oh tell me God. tell me you weren't that didn't piss you off. I feel that knife that, still. That pissed you off more than anything that the Big 10 has done. It, Texas, it, the it, BCS, that's it, why they make that call. I mean, come on. It's it, true. It totally is. And, you know, we don't like getting beat by Ohio State, but I think you realize Ohio State's really good. We don't like getting beat by Wisconsin or Iowa. Imagine going seven or eight years. You guys are a little bit younger. But imagine going seven or eight years and losing to Oklahoma over and over and over and getting boat raced by Oklahoma. I mean, that's it's why a, Tom Osborne. It's a Ooh. totally different deal. Like Coach Osborne about left and went to Colorado. Yeah. Because he couldn't win that game. And if it's seven, eight years in a row, which it would be at least at this point, losing to Oklahoma uh, on Black Friday and getting absolutely demolished. And we and granted, Iowa has done this to us for the most part, beat us pretty bad. But the way that Oklahoma would have beat us over the last eight to nine years with their teams versus ours and the way that they probably beat us on September 19th, and that's every single Black Friday, with something with something substantial on the line yeah. every time. With every with time. something on the line for them, yeah. and nothing for us, yeah. and just knowing that you know this was a rivalry that used to mean something like a real rivalry. Yep. it'd be totally different. Well, and all right, well, let's let's just go through this really quick. So, would you like to see Nebraska back in the Big 12? We'll start with you, Rob. Yay or nay? From a fan's perspective, yes. Fan's perspective. Total fan perspective, yes. Because there's a bunch of places that you can get to within four hours. And you can go see a game. In the conference that we play in now, you know, you can get to Iowa City. You can get to Minneapolis. But beyond that, travel in the conference is hard. And so that would be the big thing. And you just have history, right? There's a lot of history and you remember things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. I mean, think about going over to Iowa State in the first game that Tommy Frazier starts in all white and we get beat, (laughs) right? Like you think about those things and those memories 
as much as you do, you know, Arrowhead Stadium and Joe Walker making a play at the end. And, you know, we got a chance to win a national championship at Arrowhead Stadium when we should have blown Oklahoma State out. Like, you've got all of those things that you remember where in this conference you just don't have those things. And maybe that's my age, but I think the older someone is, the more that they just remember those things in the conference, where if you're younger, this is probably all you remember and it doesn't matter as much. Well, yeah, and and I think, so I'm going to say I'm probably pro Big 12, but I'm okay with where we're at. I think renewing some of those rivalries like we brought up, you know, and even making some new rivalries. So, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if when we were in the North, if Iowa State was actually relevant. Like, that, that would have been really fun to watch every year if we were playing against Matt Campbell and yep. not beating on whoever the hell their 70 coaches they had before him was. I mean, mm-hmm. between that and playing against a K-State, and, you know, the, that rivalry was fun. And mm-hmm. I mean... I mean, it was fun because we usually we racked up dubs on Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun yeah. when you're doing that. It is fun, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it wasn't fun with Mark Mangino hanging 75 on us. No, no. Right? Todd like, Reesing. Todd Reesing. Right, like, <laughs> th- that part wasn't fun. Like, it's fun to win, but it, it's not fun when, you know, you are at halftime and Oklahoma State's hung, you know, 40. Yeah. Right? Like, that was a bad day. It was a really bad day. If you disregard even the the rivalries, the recruiting aspect is amazing, and this is why we had a lot of success recruiting in the Big Twelve is because you could convince those parents, mm-hmm. as hey, you get to see your kid play three or four times a, a year, even if you don't want to travel up here, right? Because we're gonna play all those Texas schools, and you're gonna play those Kansas schools, and and it, it's just and Oklahoma a, school. yeah, and Oklahoma schools. You're gonna see your kid play, and it's it's not that far of a drive, so. I mean, that, that was nice to have, and we really don't have that now. I mean, you can't recruit to Texas anymore because you're, you're, they're never going to see their kids play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's my opinion. Jared, I mean, are you pro Big 12 or Big 10? Well, like, kind of like, like I mentioned before, um, people were just clamoring for the Big 12. And it's like I remember those heartbreakers versus Texas, read out around the world. Let's get revenge. We lose. <laughs> so much hype. You. And it, Texas. That's, it, when people are asked about why we left, I mean, that's what people say is Texas was rigging, you know, the system there for their benefit, and we lost the Oklahoma rivalry. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were the two big reasons why we left. So if we go back, do we establish a year a yearly rivalry with Oklahoma even if we do does it mean the same that it used to and it just doesn't it doesn't mean the same thing anymore so in currently in our situation if Nebraska is historically Nebraska they are in a conference the Big 10 West that they can easily win every year if they can play to their potential I like where they're at in the Big Ten West. The Big Ten is way more fun if you beat Wisconsin and Iowa. Yeah, so let's do that. It, it's, it's, Can we do that? It's way more fun if you beat those two schools. Yep. And right? if we do that, I want to stay. But I do think this the Big Ten is just – it is a harder conference than what we were playing, in, especially the West, uh, comparing it to the North when we were in the Big 12. I mean, those schools just aren't 
as good. It's not as well-rounded. That conference isn't as, isn't as well-rounded as uh, the Big Ten is, at least right now. I mean, True. Th- things change over mm-hmm. a year-to-year basis. Yeah. But but the West, I mean, right now you got Minnesota up. you got uh, Purdue on the rise. you got Min- or, uh, well, you you say Iowa. these you know you say these teams are on the rise, but all they're doing is beating Nebraska. That's because Nebraska's not good; they just stink. So yeah. if we become a better football team, Minnesota can be like our Iowa State, like like it was back in the day. Well, I think Purdue Before should the be our Iowa State. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah, Purdue I'm just saying every year. Or you know, or our Kansas State from back in the day. Yeah. All we have to do is win games. Just like Rob said earlier, winning cures everything. Cures so, everything. Just win games, and it's not a it's not a big deal. You're making money. You have respect academically for what that's worth. Um, just win games. Just win, baby. And then you won't want to leave. It's going to be like, oh, I like being in this conference. We're winning games. Cool. That simple. Yep. So when you're talking about. The, comparing the Big Ten and the Big 12, we always go into these whole tangents about refs. I think when we were in the Big 12, it was, we have the worst refs, these Big 12's refs, they hate us. They yeah. added one second to the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. But now we're in the Big Ten, and I feel like the fans still say the same shit. I but, want to play devil's advocate just real quick. Just real quick. Any team that you root for, you're going to say that their conference has the worst refs working for them. Well, go, but but there is evidence. Go on. I want yeah, to but it. to that point, like you listen to Cantor, you listen to Matt, and you feel like the <laughs> officials are giving the Huskers a raw deal. The shaft. So, on the Big Ten, there's things that are interesting, and we talked about this. Like the amount of holding calls called against our opponents versus called against us is drastically different. I think there's been two different stretches since Nebraska's been in the Big Ten where it's been over 12 straight games where there was not a holding call called on our opponent. Right. That's not even possible. It's odd. It's not it's possible. Odd. It's odd. It's Let's odd. just call it odd. Okay. What okay. A weird. It's yeah. weird. It's not possible. It's, it's, weird. It's, it's weird. You then look at some of the things that have transpired this year, right? Future AD John Cook's team is getting ready to go to Wisconsin to play, you know, the biggest volleyball match in the regular season in the country. And it doesn't happen. Not because Wisconsin tests into the red, just because out of precaution. This is a story very similar to what we ran into this fall with the football team. Yes. I mean, seriously, I think the University of Wisconsin likes it. And it's it's a Barry Alvarez Alvarez thing for sure. (laughs) I I guarantee you, in football, they, they dodge us in football, right? They were down to their third or fourth string quarterback. No head coach. Numerous players were out, and they canceled the game because they were in the yellow, not the red, just like volleyball. I promise you, we would have won that game. I don't give a shit how bad our team was this year either. Like, we would have won that game. And that 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 momentum could have carried into other games. Not saying we did not have a good team, because we did not have a good team. We have said that many times, and we will continue to say that. But... I'm telling you, football is all about momentum. And if you beat a Wisconsin, who you've lost to numerous times in the past, well, let's just say since you got in the Big Ten, I think you beat them one time. Um, yeah. yeah, you like you beat that team. I don't care who's playing quarterback, if it's their wide receiver or whatever. That's 
That's going to swing momentum in your favor. There's, it's just odd. Odd. I, it's weird. It, it's a pattern, right? It seems yeah. to be a, a pattern of oddness. And, and the one, you know, just two things. Like, the one time that the holding calls did fall in our favor, you know, was that Purdue game last year. Mm-hmm. That ended up pretty nicely for us. Got yeah. That, got that nice little win there. And then, But, you know, you look at Minnesota, that Minnesota game, they come in, right? They were wrecked by the vid, bunch of players out, <laughs> right? And so I'm just saying, I'm not necessarily saying that you're wrong because they were coming off that Ohio State game, like, where they played, they played fine, okay? They still, they still lost handily to Ohio State. So, yeah, they, they, had, a, they had a nice half yeah. against Ohio State. Well, like we and it's about momentum. We controlled the live scrimmage in yeah. part of that game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just saying, I'm not saying that I disagree with you, but, you know, I just – Minnesota was also wrecked by COVID, and they were down to their freaking – their yokels, and we still got freaking handled up front by freaking Minnesota. So yeah. I'm just saying – I see your point. We didn't lose that I'm game. I'm more skeptical. That was all just piss-poor coaching, though. I mean, you – and we've talked about this before as well. Yeah. When you're playing Minnesota and they have one of the worst rush defenses in the entire country and you come out of the gate just throwing the ball nonstop, that is totally yeah. on Scott. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's it is. simple. You're right. I'm, but sticking with the Big Ten, so are you saying conspiracy? I just think conspiracy? there seems to be a pattern of odd – Things it's weird that occur. <laughs> it's a pattern of odds. Let's just and, it's weird. and the face of the Big Ten allows it to happen. Because he, he loves to do that from his basement. That's right. Hashtag yeah, but, fire Kevin Warren. But, okay, yeah, and that's another thing. Kevin Warren, um, I know that was one of the things you want to touch on. Like, should they fire Kevin Warren? But uh, I'll just say this. Like, it's not just Kevin Warren. Remember, if you if you look back before the football season, look at the teams that wanted to play football. Mm-hmm. It was four teams. Yep. Every other team. Well, allegedly, said, allegedly, it was two. Yep, Ohio State, Nebraska. Well, no, it was Iowa and Iowa, Nebraska. Iowa, 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 Nebraska. Iowa and Nebraska. Iowa and Nebraska. Iowa and Nebraska. Right. But what about Ohio State? Oh, well, allegedly, and remember, they say there wasn't that first vote, but all of the reporting on the first vote was. You know, two schools wanted to play, yes. and that was Iowa in Nebraska, and then very quickly the tune out of Columbus changed. Yep. Right. And so just about Kevin Warren, like it's easy to cast the blame on him because he's the spokesman, even though he doesn't even speak that much really, he's kind of hidden. But I think it's just it's easy to blame it all on him when you have the, maj- the vast majority of Big Ten presidents not even wanting to play football. Right. So I don't think it's just Kevin Warren, Kevin Warren. He's not the Satan. But at the same time, the way that the Big Ten handled, like, the whole thing. They had, like, that whole schedule roll out on BTN, mm-hmm. like, the whole day. Yep. And it was, like, a special. Here's the schedule release. And it was, like, 24 hours later or something. 40, uh, 48, 48 hours, basically. It was a Friday yeah. to... A Sunday, right? Or something like that? Yeah. And they said, nah, never mind. That whole thing that we aired a few days ago, nah. Well, and my favorite part about that was, is when they were going into that, they were talking about how much precaution 
and all the thought they put into this schedule. Safety first. Safety. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then 48 hours later, no, we're done. They so made the Big Ten look foolish. Foolish. And, foolish. you know, you've got the Washington Post story this week about transparency that has come out. And the other thing that you look at the Big Ten and say, is this about money or is this about athlete safety? You know, last time I looked at schedules, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but basketball got to play non-conference games. We've got Nebraska playing in the Big Ten tournament right now, mm-hmm. right? Volleyball doesn't play non-conference games. Baseball doesn't play non-conference games. And every other Power Five conference is playing a baseball tournament and the Big Ten is not, right? So is this about player safety or is this about money in sports that are usually non-revenue? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I, I think in the world we live in, there's always a fall guy. And if you're going to put blame on somebody, I think Kevin Warren has to be the guy. Even though the chancellors and presidents are the ones that kind of drive the ship, Yeah. I think Kevin Warren, at the end of the day, is the one that has to say yay or nay. And... I, I don't think he's done a good enough job to to be the commissioner of the Big Ten. But but to Jared's point, I think Kevin Warren would say, I will take that responsibility, and I have to give him credit for saying, hey, if you're going to be upset, you're going to be upset with me, yeah. I'll bear it. And to me, when you think about leadership, we've talked about things that are odd about the Big Ten. Odd. At least he was the person that stood up and said, yep, I'll take it. And when you think about straight leadership, that's yeah. that's a trait that you're like, hey. It's so much easier to blame a guy who goes on TV and is being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you have these presidents that vote no to play football. Where, Honestly, if you were to ask the average fan base, hey, who's your school's president? They wouldn't be able to name them. No, and um, you have these presidents using uh, communication forms, which we, again, this Washington Post story details, that allowed them to be away from the Freedom of Information Act, right? To be able to get information about the conversations going back and forth. I mean, it does seem a little odd Odd. that that for this decision, they were communicating in a way that they collectively agreed would not fall in the Freedom of Information Act and they didn't have to disclose that information. It, It is strange. Yep. And you go from a leader like Jim Delaney, who, Agreed. honestly, like, he's like the enforcer. He's the fixer, yeah. right? He was like, he, he's the gold standard of, like, conference leadership. He's the defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens, right? <laughs> like, you're not messing with that guy. No. And then he leaves. Right. And you got Kevin Warren. Brand new in his job. Not only not only <laughs> his first year, right? But he's got to deal with the COVID stuff. Yep. And it's like, damn, dude, you're kind of dealt a shitty hand. Well, that kind of sucks. I wouldn't want to be him. Damn. Don't you think that Barry Alvarez is pretty much just yeah. the commissioner anyway? Hey. I mean, he's literally Shoot. the face of the Big Ten conference too. Listen, you're not wrong because he was also on BTN. Yeah. Being interviewed. I know? mean, I think Gene. Yeah. I think Gene Smith would take yeah, issue yeah, with Barry Alvarez being the guy that, that runs things, right? Well, I think between How the two of championships have you won, Barry? <laughs> Ooh, what yeah, would Barry say to that? Right. He said, well, I played for Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. When we had fullbacks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. 
Gosh, and he hates Nebraska now. Make fullbacks great again. Allegedly hates Nebraska. Yeah, whatever. So then I'm, I'm going to digress slightly, but we are 50 days away from the NFL draft. 50 days away today. Does anybody from Nebraska get drafted? I don't think. So let's talk about Hymas. I don't yeah. think he'll get drafted. But listen, I told my, I texted Mike this. I go, he might not get drafted, but he's going to find his way on a roster. He's going to start somewhere. Did you think Nick Gates would be? He's the, he's the exact, exact person that yep. I thought of. Nick right. Gates. Or Alex Lewis. Like that dude. Alex Lewis, the same guy. Kiss, who, my, kiss, my, kiss feet. my feet. Kiss my feet. You're going to be kissing my feet at the end of the season or something. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're not even going to. But he's starting for the, for the Ravens. Ravens yeah. Yeah. It's like, shoot, man. Hymas yeah. is going to he's gonna start somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah. Somewhere. We're, we're 50 days away. I don't think Boodle gets drafted. Hymas is our only chance, Mr. Culture Hymas. He was invited uh, to a senior bowl thing. Yeah, cool. I think he's our only chance. Diedrich, maybe a practice squad guy, doubt it. If Boodle runs a 4-3, does he get drafted? No. That's a big if. 4-3. He ain't going to run a 4-3. I don't know. I mean, 4-3. That's fast. It's fast. It's real fast. Um, it's very fast. But you, Too fast. You can make it's the argument. It's weird. Did he I mean, get a combine? Was there? Combine? No, I, no, there is a combine. It's not the normal combine. But, you know, you're still going to have your pro days. If Boodle runs a 4-3, I think he gets drafted. Playing in this conference versus the, with the height of the receivers he's playing against in his production on film which is very he's got a lot of film, it, he's got a lot of yep. film. it's high level film if he runs a 43 i think boodle gets drafted okay hey we'll, we'll let you bold prediction uh number 1 of the night another bold prediction coming later <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sticking with my my hymas is going to start somewhere but not get drafted right away get... or no 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 i'm no. not right away okay it's going to be a few years down the road you're going to see like on Monday Night Football, you know how they do the introductions with yep. the players going, Brandon Hymas, Nebraska. Well, he's gonna, he's that's gonna be him someday. But he's gonna say Brandon Hymas, and then whatever. His high school, school his high school. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he's gonna do. <laughs> and then in other football news today, we've got a pending potential merger or a partnership between the CFL and the XFL. Yeah, first minor league system in football. I mean, I like it. Look at The Rock doing things. Yep. Right? He said he was going to bring football. I don't know about you guys, but I love watching the CFL. I love it. Have not sat down and watched. They're fun. The it's a blast. It's a, it's I don't a, doubt it. It's a total blast. Hey, and that's a guy we should try to get on the show. Yoshi. Oh, Yoshi I thought Hardrick. You're, I thought you were talking about The Rock. Oh, that would be cool, too. Do you smell that? <laughs> Do you smell I, what The Rock was cooking? I mean, if we could get The Rock he's, on. He's, he's cooking a partnership with the XFL and the CFL. I know. He's cooking it up, right? Yep. I mean, I like what The Rock's got going here. You and like what The Rock's no, got going here? It's too easy. It would give us football in the summer, right? Crazy football in the summer. I think it would be fantastic. I agree. I, I like having football all year round. So I'm never against that at all. Right. And the XFL had something cooking, yeah. right? I mean, you think about the Blues are in the NHL finals, and the St. Louis XFL team had higher ratings in St. Louis than the Blues had. 
Thanks, think Brandon about that. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for Brandon Riley. Appreciate coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. People crave football. Yeah, people yep. crave football. There's really nothing else. Oh, wait, are we going to talk about that, uh, the first recruit? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ernest Hausman from yeah. Columbus. From yeah. Columbus. First recruit of the, the next cycle. So, in state, you know, there was all that unrest about mm-hmm. those two, two guys saying that Nebraska's not in their top five. You know, it's just disappointing because you look at the state and you're like, dang, this is the most talented the state's ever been. You got these guys saying that Nebraska's not even, who's Nebraska? They're saying, who's Nebraska? Who? It's like, dang, this, is, this was the one shot to take advantage of the most talent the state has ever seen. You got one guy, you know, on Rivals, you look, he's a three-star, 5.6 rating guy. Yeah. He's just one of those dudes that, I don't want to be the recruiting expert here, but usually when you see a three-star, 5.6 rating, you're like, okay, he, he knows how to play football. Yeah. He knows how to play football. But don't go cool. downplay him, though, because... I, like, I know. A, go on. A kid from... Convince me. A kid from the state of Nebraska is going to be recruited and, and scouted different because of the level of competition. He's he's a quick kid. I actually I, I played uh, softball, slow-pitch softball with his sister. <laughs> so um, And the family's a big Husker fan. It's, it's one of those guys you've you got to keep in state, especially after losing all yeah. those other guys. It's a great pickup, and I'll be interested to see if they move him inside or outside. I mean, on, on film, he's a he's a quick kid. Houseman's a Husker. Yeah, he's a Husker. Our hey, first you know commit for the for the next cycle. He Let's is go. gonna get the ball rolling. He's one of those guys that didn't have to come visit the campus because he grew up a lifelong Husker fan. He already knows what the stadium and the atmosphere is all about. Sure, it's these other guys we have to get here. Yeah. To, to it do is. that, you got to get them in here for a spring game or a or an actual game because they don't. They just think like it's a Poduck town, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction. March 10th, right? There will be an offer to an in-state quarterback in the 2023 class by the time school gets out um, to the young man at Gretna. That is going to be a recruiting priority. Before his uh, national profile gets too big, that offer has to get out to a 6'5", 190-pound quarterback who absolutely lit it up as a sophomore last fall. Well, I like that prediction. We'll have to confirm that here in, in the next month. We'll, we'll confirm that in, I've, I think I've got 45 days. <laughs> there okay. you go. Um, hey, so do we want to, uh, just a quick shout out. Volleyball is in the top five right now. Yep. Play. I mean, not a surprise. Yep. Shout out. Volleyball school. Yep. We are a volleyball school. Yeah. Um, let's see. Baseball is 3-1 and one right now. Playing some good ball. Okay. Um, their next game is Friday against Ohio State. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Did you have any rest? I know you... Yeah, wrestling Manny. news. So I... I Spent a lot of time watching wrestling over the weekend. Was not a big thing for me before coming into this, and I got sucked into it. Nebraska finishes third in the Big Ten uh, championships. Third in the Big Ten is basically fifth, sixth in the country. It's a big deal. You can fact check that. It's a huge deal if you're that if you're that high in the Big Ten where you fit usually nationally. And we got nine guys um, with an opportunity to wrestle for the national championship. And uh, on the baseball front, like, 
You got to see some energy and excitement. They hit a ton of home runs. Local kid Max Anderson has yeah. a huge weekend. Uh, according to the radio, they're pitching around Max in game four as a freshman. It's a big, big deal, and that's one of those guys that you've got to keep home because it's a homegrown kid and also because of the talent. Yeah, and Nebraska's always been like a solid state for like baseball mm-hmm. prospects, you know. And it used to be that way for football, and we're kind of seeing that come up again. So uh, good job. Uh, men's sports for now. Baseball, cool. Uh, keep it up, men's sports, please. We please. Need it. We need it. Volleyball, please beat Ohio State. Ohio. By the way, Ohio State's 12-0. and You look at who Ohio State's played in the league. They've played the nothings from a volleyball perspective. Mm-hmm. I do anticipate future athletic director John Cook's team going up <laughs> and destroying Ohio State in back-to-back nights. When John Cook wants to win, which is usually all the time, he usually <laughs> like wins, which is all the time. John, so. John Cook and Chuck Norris are very similar. <laughs> they get done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with that, we're going to wrap up. We want to say, again, please go visit Hobby's Tacos. Yeah. Mike, what's the location on those? Let's just give you the one that's still, the one that's actually open. Uh, 180th and Q here in Omaha, right next to the Hy-Vee. Go check it out. Go get yourself a burrito. They are the biggest and best in town. Um, and when you walk in the door, usually Javi's sitting there, too. He's so friendly. And it's like a family atmosphere, local business, support local. Um, yeah, so, again, thank you, Javi Stakos, for sponsoring us. We appreciate it very much. Please subscribe to the No Block, No Rock podcast at NBNR Podcast on Twitter. Follow us, like us, retweet us. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Give us, give us a listen, give us a subscription, give us a five-star review. We appreciate the listen. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. And Rob Morrison. And as always, GBR.